Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. From the beginning of time, God designed men and women to reflect different aspects of His amazing character. And as you and your spouse embrace that truth, it can lead to a thriving marriage. I'm John Fuller, joined by Greg Smalley. He's in charge of our marriage department here at Focus. And Greg, it's really important for a husband to properly understand his role in a marriage. It really is, because I think deep, deep within the heart of every man is a desire to be successful in whatever we do. So if that's at work, if that's playing sports, as a father, but especially as a husband, the more I understand the the role God has given me and, and what that really looks like, then I'm able to be successful. But I think why that's so important is that it gives me then a goal, a target. And again, maybe I'm unique in that way, but but I think for a lot of guys, we, we need a real specific target to aim at. And that's why God laid out pretty clearly in the Bible what, what our role is needs to look like. Mm -hmm. And therefore, okay, now I know what I'm shooting for. And God's very clear in the Word as well about women and their roles, their God-given strengths in the marriage relationship and home. And we're going to hear now from Dr. Larry Crabb about that. Here he is talking to Jim Daly. We joke about it in the culture today, but in, unfortunately, in very negative ways about a controlling wife. Mm. What is it in the fearful woman who maybe has not understood her role in Christ and what God has created in her in that beautiful way that to fill the void or to fill that fear, she moves to control? What's happening there? To understand that, you've got to look back at Genesis 3. And after Adam and Eve sinned, God pronounced certain consequences of their sin. And on the woman, he said something that initially sounds very strange. He said, because you've sinned, because you've eaten the fruit that was forbidden, your desire shall be for your husband. Now, that sounds like a positive to me. Right. Especially for us husbands. Yeah. My (laughs) wife desires me. I'm going to see her this afternoon. She desires to see me, and I'm glad for that. It means we have a pretty good marriage, I think. But that's not what the word means. The word for desire is the same word that is used in Genesis 4 when God's talking to Cain and says that sin is crouching at the door and it desires to have control over you. And one Hebrew scholar, a female Hebrew scholar named Susan Foa, she argues, and I think convincingly, that what God is saying, now that you have sinned and you've lost your intimate relationship with me, now you're going to depend on your husband for everything you want but he's not going to come through because he sinned as well. So you're going to have to take over. You're going to have to control your husband to see to it he doesn't hurt you. You're going to have to control your husband to see to it he abides by your wishes. You're going to have to become a control freak. Wow. And I I believe that's what the text is actually saying, and that's what a woman lives with so often. Larry, that makes the word so relevant for so many women that are hearing this. I would only imagine that their eyes are opening right now and their hearts are opening saying... That is what's happening in my relationship. Yes, she's scared. And so she has to control. How does a woman now change that modus operandi? How does she say, okay, I'm hearing this, but how do I get in a better place with God to be in a place that feels safer that I don't have to control? Is her goal to feel safe? And if her goal is to feel safe, I suggest she scrap Christianity. Hmm. If her goal is to feel alive, 
and to be all that God's called her to be, then she's going to be required to take a few risks. What do those risks look like? Goodness, do you have a couple hours on that? (laughs) Um, I think the risks are very, very real. That um, How many women who are listening right now could talk about a history of feeling invisible, never being seen? I remember talking to one woman who... It was in her 50s, a very godly woman. She loved the Lord, a missionary in a very significant, wonderful way. And she told me the story, which she's given me permission to repeat. That when she was five years old, she was sexually abused by a cousin who was visiting in the family. Mm. And after the abuse, she had no idea what was happening. She's a five-year-old girl. What does she know? But she was hurting. And when the family left, she was sitting on the couch and crying and her father came up to her, who was a rather rude, brusque kind of a man, apparently, and said to her, but she was crying, a little girl, what are you crying for? Not said caringly, but aggressively. And she got scared, and she said, nothing, Daddy. And then so he just said, well, stop crying, and he walked away. Huh. Now, I would argue that at the core of that little girl's soul, she felt invisible. Right. A dad should have been able to see her and say, honey, I want to know what's happening in your soul. I want to know what's going on with you as a little girl. Honey, what happened? Why are you crying? And to sat down next to her and put his arm around her and just to be with her. But he didn't do that. A woman is terrified of feeling invisible. Is there any value to me or am I just useful because I'm pretty? Am I a sex object? Am I just competent and so I can do certain things and I got a great sense of humor and I can cook really well and I can run corporations and whatever it might be. But do I as a husband look at my wife and see what is deepest within her. Am I curious about what's happening in her? Do I see her? That's what she longs for. She longs to be visible as somebody of value because she's putting something about the beauty of God on display. And if I don't have any interest in that, that I'm simply going to use her and value her for everything other than that, and she's going to end up feeling just lost and alone. And then she got to take over and start being more controlling and, and put on her persona and put on her masks and try to live as a pretty or funny or competent or brilliant or whatever else she's good at. And then she ceases being fully alive as a woman. It's so sad. Mm. So let's follow up a little bit on what Dr. Crabb said. And certainly I have been guilty of being uh, too busy or indifferent uh, toward my wife. Greg, why is it that women really just hate feeling uh, invisible to their husbands? They really do. My wife, Erin, maybe a couple years ago, said, can we talk? And of course, the moment she says that, I instantly go to this place of what... Alert! Defenses! Shields up! You're not perfect either, (laughs) so whatever you're going to tell me, just remember there's three fingers pointing back at you. She went on to, to really talk about how she was feeling so lonely in our marriage, primarily because she felt invisible. And it was so confusing to me. I mean, I really didn't get it. But, um, you know, beyond the natural defensiveness and and once I kind of settled in and really said, you know, help me understand that. What does that mean? Um, Two things I think I learned that day is that one – when Erin feels invisible, what she's really saying to me is that she's not feeling deeply known. And I think for probably for everyone, but especially for women, they just have such a deep, deep longing to feel known, mm-hmm. to feel understood. 
um, it's like when you slow down the word intimacy, it's into me see. Mm. We, we, we want as humans to just to be deeply, deeply known and understood on, on every level. And, and therefore, when Aaron was saying, I feel invisible, part of what she was saying is I just, I, I don't feel like you really know me. You're not taking the time to really know what's going on deep, my, my inner life. Yeah. And, and that, that was huge for me. I think an, another part of it that I realized when she was talking about feeling invisible is that there, there's a way in which the fear is that, that if you're not really interested in seeing me, it's probably because you don't value me. And if you don't value me, then you probably aren't interested in pursuing me. And I know for, for my wife and probably most wives out there, you know, they, they want to feel valued because they know that their husband will pursue what is valuable to him. So if I value work, if I value a particular hobby like fishing, TV, I mean, whatever it is, I'm going to pursue that. Mm-hmm. And and so if she's unseen, if she's invisible, it's probably because there's just a lack of value. And that can lead to her really feeling that she's not worth being pursued. And that's why I think for me, kind of what I learned from that season from Aaron was that to, to really to to see her deeply was to keep asking her good questions and, and being curious about who she is and what's going on in the inner life. You know, what's going on emotionally? What, what is she dreaming about? What are some of her biggest fears? What's really stressing her out? And, and I asked her one time, I've shared this before, but I asked her, you know, what would be some questions then that I could ask you that would help you to, to feel visible, to help you to feel seen Mm -hmm. by me? And she said, um, you know, ask me how I'm feeling. So how am I doing emotionally? Okay. She goes, ask me how things are going between me and our kids. We have four kids. So just relationally, what's going on? She loves her friends. So she said, just check in. How are are things going between me and my Mm -hmm. girlfriends? And then what's one thing God's been teaching me as of late? And so as I've shared many times here on the podcast that I, I routinely then ask her that if we're sitting in the stands watching one of our kids play whatever sports, if we're driving, if we're at dinner, and it's really given me an easy way to pursue her inner life, which hopefully allows her to feel seen. Yeah. I actually, um, real quick here, said uh, some of those things to my wife. I asked her a few of those things, and then I had to admit to her that I've been missing something because her Mm. friends are deeply important to her. But when she tells me, you know, for 10 or 15 minutes about conversations with some of the ladies in her Bible study, <laughs> if I don't affirm and engage and, and say, wow, that's yeah. a lot, I used to think, why do I need to know this? It's your Bible study. Right. And that was just friends. selfish of me, right? So I was overlooking a real big part of her life. And well, it, it was good for us to get that out into the open and for me to apologize for that. Yeah. And, and I would say maybe less selfish on your part, maybe not quite understanding how important that mm-hmm. is and, and what it does when we listen and just are curious about things like female yeah. friendships. So I'm defending you. Thank I don't you. think you're selfish. Thank you. Well, just, just let us know. Leave a note on the podcast page or send us an email or something and say, <laughs> John was right. No, I'm joking about that. There's always room to grow. And I'm finding it interesting that after 35 years of marriage, we're still we still got a lot of room to grow. That was one of them. Always. This was just like two weeks ago when I had to admit, 
I'm not paying attention to you on this. I need to. Listen, uh, Dr. Crabb has written a terrific book uh, about unique ways God has made us all, uh, especially you and your spouse. The book is called Fully Alive. I've got a copy. Let me recommend it to you. It's great. We'll send a, a copy of the book to you when you make a generous donation of any amount to the Ministry of Focus on the Family. And um, we also have a free marriage assessment we'll encourage you to take. It's just a few minutes long. You fill it out, and it instantly tells you some of the strengths and maybe some areas of growth in your relationship. Details about donating, getting that book fully alive, and the free marriage assessment are in the show notes. We'll continue the conversation with Dr. Crabb next time. And for now, on behalf of Greg Smalley and the team, thanks for joining us for the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.